This is live from the table, recorded at the world famous Comedy Cellar, coming at you on Sirius XM 99. Raw dog. And on the Laugh Button Podcast Network, this is Dan Natterman. Noam Dorman is not here tonight. He has. We are recording on a Monday. We usually record on a Wednesday. It's complicated, but uh, Noam cannot be with us because he's doing his uh, weekly Monday gig with the band downstairs. He does every uh, Monday night. Him and his friends do live music at the Olive Tree Cafe upstairs from the Comedy Cellar. In any case, that's what he's doing, so he's left the podcast in my hands. Hopefully I'm up to the task. We have Periel Ashenbrand with us, as we always do, and she is our producer. And also chimes in and doesn't he- hesitate to do so. Um, Nick Griffin is here. He is a regular or a semi-regular on our podcast, but a regular uh, at the Comedy Cellar. Yep. Welcome, Nick Griffin. Nick, I want to thank you for doing the podcast. Uh, please don't feel obligated, by the way, to do the podcast. It's too late now. You're here. But I'm saying in future... Well, I'm a fan of you both. I have a few reasons why I'm doing the podcast. I'm a fan of you both. And um, also, my girlfriend, Leslie, loves this podcast so much. And she listens to it every week. She t- she does a long walk. I don't mm-hmm. know if she's ever told you. She does a long she, walk she, around she the perimeter. Me, yeah. She does it around the perimeter of the uh, of New York City um, on a fairly regular basis, but does about a 14-mile walk every week and uh, loves listening to uh, this. And what's the other one that uh, Gnome does as oh, well? Oh, um, uh, Live, Live from, from America. America. There he goes. But she loves both those pod- these podcasts. So I'm, you know, pleasing her. So I'm glad to be here. Well, Thrilled to be hear here. hear more of you, too. Yes. Well, that's the point. Um I did want to talk tonight somewhat about... Now, Nick, you're doing what what is known as New Joke Night, which is, I guess, twice a week here at the Comedy Cellar? It used to be. It's only once a, oh, it's only once once a, a week. week, yeah. Well, in any Mondays. case, it's it's around the corner at one of our auxiliary rooms, the uh, Fat Black Pussycat Lounge. Lounge, yeah. And it's New Joke Night, so that just means the audience is being made aware that these are comics coming up to do new jokes so that the expectations are such that... That uh, I guess it it's it's a little bit lower uh, pressure, but it's a lower bar. Yeah. Wait, can you just tease that out a little bit for people who might not be so well versed in how that your jokes? Well, about? we when we have a new joke, we have to test it to make sure it works, obviously, and um, that can be stressful, you know, to test a new joke, especially here at the comedy cellar where you feel a pressure to do a great job because people, it's, this is the comedy cellar. This is sure, like, a, a reputation. Yeah. Is a, as a place that's good. And so, you know, doing new material, um, you feel like a little bit less uh, at ease doing new material. Mm-hmm. What if it doesn't work? And now you're, you know, uh, you're, you're um, not doing as good a job as you might otherwise have done. So anyway, so there's a new joke night where the audience is told this is new joke night. But at, where, where is, you, is, is that your favorite place to test out new? What's your favorite place, Nick, to test out new? Well, place? I'm... Maybe like you a little bit because I'm a joke writer in the sense that I, I can try it out anywhere because most of my jokes are 30 seconds long, 15 seconds long. So it's not going to be a huge, you know, two-minute rant on something that doesn't go anywhere. Um, so if it bombs, I can easily come back 30 seconds later. And I don't write 10 new jokes that I can try right away. Um, I usually have, you know, maybe two a day I can come up with that 
You know, I would say. Two days a lot. Well, they're jokes. I don't know if they work, but it's certainly, you know, I can try them out. And, um, what do you do when you think of a new joke? Do you have like a notebook or your phone? Or- yeah, I'm just constant. I never, I've never, I don't think I've ever typed a joke in my life. Uh, everything's in a notebook, old fashioned notebooky. Wow. And uh, I use it with a um, quill. <laughs> no, I, uh, yeah, I, I write it in there. And um, I, I used to have all my notebooks, but I threw a bunch of them away. And uh, so, uh, but yeah, I, I, I write, write them in the old notebook and then I, put them in a smaller notebook to bring to the cellar. <laughs> and then uh, I go on stage with an even smaller notebook. Come on. <laughs> kidding. kidding. But, uh, yeah, that's I, my process. I, um, yeah, I, 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 I've, I've discovered that doing new jokes at other clubs, other than the comedy cellar, is really where I yeah. prefer to do it. I, I do, too. You know, I just feel the pressure here that it is the comedy cellar. Usually it's a full room, and expectations are such that, you know, some of the other clubs, it's, it's a bit easier. Now... Now, uh, Nick, say you have two new jokes you want to work out. The first joke, the first new joke, you do it, and it bombs. It dies a miserable death. I probably won't do it. the second. Yeah, well, that's the, that was the question. Uh, yeah, that's the kind of confidence I run around with. <laughs> because you don't want to take the chance of having two jokes. Exactly. That I don't want two big holes in my twelve-minute set. Yeah, and I don't want to go home because you know I, I don't know about you, but this is pretty much the highlight of my day is coming down here to do a set in front of a really cool you know, engaged crowd. And so I don't want to ruin it by, yeah, like you said, bombing two jokes in a row or three jokes in a row. I just can't do it. Can't have it. Yeah, generally I, I'm of that mind if the first new joke doesn't work. Although sometimes I ha- it has the opposite effect because I'm like, fuck, I need a new joke to work for my self-esteem. Because when the old joke works, you don't really, it you doesn't, don't care. Doesn't help your, it doesn't help you feel good about yourself. For, How many times do you have to tell a joke be- uh-huh. In order for it to get entered into like the okay, this one works right to 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 make the team. Yeah, because um, there's only so many uniforms to go around. <laughs> and you get... I, I would say maybe if it works well three times, then I I can say okay, it works. But yeah. before the third time, I'm like the first time you're still on probation. I'm still not... after I, if a joke works really well the first time, I'm barely more confident because I just know that there are jokes that sometimes work great sure. and never work well again. I don't know why that is. Um, now, another 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 aspect is what if the joke doesn't work well at all the first time? Do you even try it the second time or you just write it off? Nick? I might rewrite it a little bit, but uh, chances are I'm going to write it off, yeah. Really? You don't even get I mean, a I won't rewrite. Chance. I won't. Um, yeah, I don't. Probably not. I mean, maybe twice, but never. I, I can't imagine that I would try a joke it's bombed twice, three times. I just. Uh, it also depends on the degree. Like if it's a flat line. That's yeah. That's what I. I, I yeah, I'm referring. If to it's an right utter right. flat line, like zero laughs, yeah, anything, and and you, that's a pretty good indication that you have nothing there. Right. Not necessarily, but I've had jokes at some time. You know, I I mean, I did a joke just the other night. I was at the West Side Comic Club, and I, it was a flatliner, but it's killed here on occasion. It's. So what do you make of that? Well, it's kind of... You wouldn't be open to uh, repeating it. Yeah, the joke is as follows. Go ahead. Um, It's a joke I tried out on Twitter, and it worked well on Twitter. The joke is how my friend's friend's daughter's a Girl Scout, and so so he approached me about, you know, buying Girl Scout cookies. And I did a little research into the program, and it turns out that the Girl Scout cookie program is designed to help young girls grow into women with confidence and self-esteem. But you know what? The cookies are so delicious, I bought them anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So... So that usually does pretty well. It yeah. flatlined at the West Side Comedy Club. Uh-huh. I mean, utterly flatlined. Really? 
And the explanation might be it's a little harsh. I, I don't well, know. Well, sure. I mean, it's a risky joke for a straight white guy to tell, but that's kind of why it's also funny. Appealing, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean. Or maybe they didn't follow it. You know, it wasn't necessarily the swiftest crowd that night. Um, Oof. I hate to say. <laughs> I, not, Blaming the audience. Well, not to say, no. But, I, well, well, but when a joke works well much of the time and doesn't work at all with like total zero, yeah. then you have to ask yourself, well, maybe the audience is at least partially responsible. Yeah. I no, mean, I it's, not, it's not out of the question that the audience could, could be at least partly to blame. Absolutely. I was just uh, giving you a hard time. Now, do you write your jokes down in a notebook too? I do not. Uh, because I just I never did, and then now it's kind of become a thing. Like, I what do you just remember it... everything in that noggin of yours, all of it? Well, all of it, uh, as far as I know, all of it. But then again, there could be I could have twenty minutes of brilliant material that I've forgotten. I doubt it. You don't you don't type it. You don't have like files. Compute- nah, I got nothing. Nah, I got nothing. <laughs> well, what if I get captured by the enemy? That is so crazy. Oh, I mean, both of you, by the way. The no, fact n- that Nick has writes it down. Notebooks. I mean, what's wrong with a notebook? People did it for generations. You can't back, okay, but Shakespeare Matt, had a notebook. Right, but people didn't have phones for generations either. Now we do. Do you do it on your phone? I type. I do. I type everything in. Yeah, I know. I, I know people who do. I write. I I write. I you know because I'm a writer, so I write I and I like writing. My my guess is that the notebook is a very common uh, form of of writing down your jokes. I, I doubt. I highly doubt David Tell, for example, types anything in jokes in his laptop. I would I would be astounded. But what happens if you lose the notebook? It's trouble. Yeah, yeah. It's bad. It's bad news. Um, and I have lost notebooks. But, but you can also uh, lose like, files. Sure, but... It's also like Dan said, you know, I started doing it in a notebook and I've just stuck with it. And, you know, I've had a couple, you know, disasters where I lost the notebook. But um, uh, my riffing ability in front of an audience is unparalleled. So I didn't need material some of those nights. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, no, it's a disaster when you don't have the uh, the notebook. Wait. You're kidding. I was you, joking you, that you I can could riff. riff. Yeah. You no, can, I, I, you of course can I can riff. But, but I, I'm, I'm not a. I'm not an Ian Bag um, well, like guy a, who can do 30 minutes of just riffing. Well, that's also just not. I don't think your preference. My anyway. style. Yeah. yeah, you. Like, you may, maybe you could do it. It's just not what you choose to do. Right. Uh, but you know, like you said about like Attell, who you know is the master. I don't think I've ever seen him with a note. I, I know. I, I think imagine. I'm pretty sure I've seen him with a notebook. Have you? I, I don't typically not on a lot of comics on stage. They'll bring up a notebook. They will refer bring to, up a notebook. But I don't I don't believe Attell does that. So and, and he does a lot of new stuff in a set. Yeah. So that's pretty astounding. Actually. Wait, what did you just guys just th- to remember that shit, let alone that the jokes are good, but which is impressive enough. Isn't that what you do, too? But I only do one or two new ones at best at most. So I'm not I'm not remembering a lot of new shit. I'm doing the stuff that's like locked into my memory because I've done it so much. Whereas a tell might do ten new minutes. That's all shit that that I don't see any evidence that he's written any down anywhere that he's referring to anything. So, what did you say? Did you say that most people do or do not bring something on? No, stage? most people do not. Do not, but they but they do at home have no most people. But right. but but people like. Um, some of the bigger acts, some of the drop-ins that are not on the schedule that are doing a lot of new material and that have license to be a little less 
uh, a little a little more Sharp, laid back. Really. Yeah, yeah they, they they will bring a notebook. So like Aziz might be more likely to bring a notebook or. or um, I see a lot of people bringing notebooks on stage. I don't generally only. Have you? S- I generally only see like the 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 drop the the drop in big names bring notebooks, mm. uh, but but maybe other. I think I saw others once in a while, but um, generally it's just those guys because they w- we have to be more professional because we we don't yeah, have, have more license we don't have the license that we don't have the tenure that they have. It's not pro- it's not considered professional to bring. Well, yeah, I mean it's it's here it's a professional show. Audiences are paying money to see a professional show, and you're sitting there looking at a notebook. It's not that professional. Don't you think Noam would say anything say something if four of the five acts on the bill. Brought up notebooks and yeah. He, he, I mean, I think it depends who they were. Well, if it's four of the five acts, but it was all like you know huge names, then he'd be fine. But if it yeah, was yeah, four or five acts like uh, that are not famous, no, yeah, he would he would he would not like that at all. Absolutely not. Um, by the way, uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. I guess Hanukkah's over, so um, we can dispense with the happy Hanukkahs. Well, and we can focus on what's really important. <laughs> and and I Wait. say that as a Jew because let's face it. Yes. Um, this month is all about Christmas. Happy Hanukkah or Happy Holidays. It's 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 a courtesy. Yeah. But if it were not for Christmas, nobody would say. In other words, if say the Hanukkah didn't exist or any other holiday didn't exist, we'd still have parties. We would still have decorations. Sure. It would still be the Christmas season. Mm. But if they take away Christmas. And leave Hanukkah, it would just be a normal month. There would be, there would be no lights on the streets. There'd be no parties. There'd be no anything. So it's all Christmas drives the entire mechanism. I agree. I had this argument with people on Twitter, by the way. They weren't getting what I'm saying, as they so often don't. But, I love uh, Christmas. But, but the fact is, this whole it is Christmas is the whole engine that drives this whole thing. So what I'm saying is Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Wait, can I ask in the you driest guys a way possible? <laughs> can, can I you can I selfishly use your um years of expertise? Oh um, sure. So well, you have a comedy question? Yeah. Because I was getting into the Christmas. I thing. know, but before you totally veer. If not, well, it's okay. I can ask later. You go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. What happens? I have veering privilege, but go ahead. Yeah. You have veering privilege. Well, that's why I asked permission. Well, okay, okay. What happens if like you have? 10 minutes of jokes that usually do extremely well. Just by the way, just to preface, I'm sorry, it needs to be said. Periel is 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 a w- relatively new stand-up yeah. comic. So she has full of questions and Right. So, I've been doing it for a, a few years now, but I got derailed a little bit with COVID. But okay, anyway. And then I went into a new space and the room was a nightmare i mean it was like one table of like 15 college kids and then like a dad like a 40 something year old dad with like a 19 year old son and then three asian people from like japan and then like a modern orthodox israeli couple and it was just awful. So your question is? Well, are does that mean that the material that usually does really well like it's actually not doing really well, or well, if it does really well most of the time, then then it's good. Then, yeah, it's a judgment know. call. I I it's, I'm, I would imagine it's the audience under those circumstances. It's... If it's something that always worked but didn't work this particular time, but isn't it your job to like figure out how to make it work no matter what? That's a good question. I mean, and they've always said over the years, like well, various people who I can't remember their names said, well, you should be able to handle any circumstance. Yeah. But I, I think 
just getting through the set is a way to handle some of those situations. I mean, well, I would. I mean, one could look at it this way: Would you expect a country music artist to appeal to rap fans? It's. I mean, you know, isn't well, your job as a comic to like? Well, you said you know it's a professional thing. Like you walk in, the room is different. So, are, isn't it your job um, to just? It's your job to do the best you can. You know, but if you can't do it, you can't do it. What are you going to do? Yeah, I guess, I guess theoretically, sure. If you, I mean, I, I prefer to kill rather than bomb, so I will try to kill every time. But but um, sometimes there's no there's no kill to be had, at least not with my act. There's only so much you can do. So um, didn't work. It didn't work. But um, but there, but that's one school of thought. And Noam has often said, "Well, it's our job to always kill," and that he Noam will sometimes sort of make fun of comics that consider themselves sort of above that, that they do their thing, and if the audience doesn't want to come along, fuck them. Um, but I think that, um, that you know, there is such a thing as sort of being a niche player. I don't think that's a, necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, you find your audience, but, uh, I mean, you've produced enough shows to, I'm sure, under, under, I mean, of course, understand that there's only so much you can do with a certain bunch of people who may not even be that well-versed not only on comedy, but the fact that there's a, a show in the venue. I mean, yeah, I, I played a bunch of rooms where people were surprised there was even a show that night, and you had to <laughs> do the best you could, and I bombed, and but uh, yeah, and I've I, done well. I've, I've done both. I wanted to jump in a river, but I also sort of felt like you should be able to pivot and, you know, sort of, I don't know if it's crowd work or well, what. Well, if you if crowd work and sometimes do the trick if you want to do that. You know, uh, yes. I mean, um, but if you, I mean, if you don't have the tools, you don't have the tools. But um, maybe it comes with experience. And time. But 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 everybody can bomb. There's there's nobody's immune to it. Yeah. Nobody's immune to it. Now, if you're a famous person that brings their own audience, like I opened for Louis recently, well, all those people in that audience are there for Louis, so they all like Louis shit already. The likelihood that he's going to bomb is very minimal. Right. The likelihood that I'm bought could bomb that's a little higher, <laughs> but not that high because his audiences tend to be pretty good they and tend respectful to... and smart and yeah they they tend to fit in well with whatever I'm saying generally you know so so that's uh... well you're also hand selected to open right so... yeah so I guess he I I don't know to what extent Louis what his criteria are. Or in general, what the criteria are for opening acts, you know, uh, I mean, there's different criteria. How, first of all, uh, how hard do you want the guy before you to kill? And and does that help? You know, I right. mean, um, you don't well, want I, him to I, bomb I, and piss everybody off, but do you want him to annihilate? Is that going to help y you in any way? Is that, I mean, it, I guess it makes the show somewhat better, but do you benefit from that? As as, well, as, I, the head, I, as the headliner, having I mean, worked with or, or seen Louis over the years, I don't think anyone crushes as much as Louis, and I think Louis. I'm well, sure. certainly with his audience, he's going to crush. Yeah, of course, well, and but, but that the confidence that yeah, I I don't think he's right. He's not worried that he's going to be blown off the stage. That's not his first concern, right? But the, but the, <laughs> right. So then, but but I'm saying is so then when he looks for an opening act, is his criteria somebody that kills the hardest, or somebody I can stand spending a few days with on the road, or somebody mm -hmm. that I like personally, or something that I want to help? Give a few bucks to because I think they need the money. I mean, I don't know what's going on. And 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 I would head. say it's someone that they, they, they he respects and wants to you know 
probably enjoy a few minutes with or a few hours with on the road. But uh, yeah, I spend very little time with Louis, so they, yeah. it's not like he's not picking me because we hang out because we don't hang out at all. No, I just meant you know during the show and stuff right. that you're not going to be. I, I think there's a couple of factors. He knows I'm going to do a good job. Because okay, so with in front of the audience, he can stand hanging out with me. Mm-hmm. For some period of time, and he respects me, and he probably thinks I need, you know, well, I'm. I'm, I'm does it, let me finish, please, if you would. He probably thinks, you know, Dan could use a few bucks. No, and since I respect him, I'm going to do something nice and give him a few bucks. No, I think you're so fucking off, especially because he said he's like, this is one of my favorite comedians. Well, I don't I know mean, why that's so. He said like, that that was that was the introduction. You to, like, take just in. just just by way of. Um, just some uh, synopsis. Uh, he before he brought me on the night that Periel, because Periel made a special trip to Chicago to come see the show. Louis said, "It's one of my favorite acts. Please welcome Dan Natterman." Uh, how seriously can we take that statement? I I I think Louis, uh, I, and I don't say this lightly. I think Louis is a very serious person, and I don't think he, I don't think he would say it if he didn't believe it. I don't. I, Louis doesn't seem to me to throw off casual comments, especially about veteran comics who he's been around with. For twenty five years, so. yeah, that's how it could be. I mean, that's, could be. That, that would be my take. I mean, you think he gives a shit? Like, you think he's thinking but, about what, what? whether or not you need a few extra bucks? Yeah, I think so. No, I think so. Um, but because he he, he uses a lot of opening acts, I think he is like he. I think he's trying to be to help people and be generous with people. He's he's donated money to sure. comedians' causes. When during the pandemic there was a uh, fundraiser for comedians, he donated a large amount right, of money. Yeah, for the, I do think he, too. I do think he's cognizant of you know helping people out. So yeah, I do think that's a factor. I just, yes, I, I, I'm not discounting that. I just think that he thinks that the comics that he puts on, I would imagine that he thinks that they're brilliant. Well, I, I might ask him, but we don't talk very much. Um, Nick, now you. Yes. Um, now you headline on the road, so you have opening Sometimes acts. I do. So what do you? What would you prefer in an opening act? I would prefer someone who's uh, a good, solid joke teller and fun to hang out with. Those are basically my two um, criteria, and um, or are my criteria, and uh, and that's about it. I mean, I I I like to. I don't hang out a lot on the road anyway, but I like to go out for a lovely load of pancakes at the end of the night or some coffee or something a lovely pastrami sandwich mm-hmm. I hear you with the pastrami yeah. there's nothing wrong with that at <laughs> one in the morning and uh, it may not be healthy but what happened no it's not it's not healthy at all especially on that white bread um, or well get rye, rye. Yeah, yeah rye yeah you don't want to that'll make all the difference yeah but <laughs> um, yeah that's 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 been my and I, and I have some buddies who if you're a middle act especially these days you're probably making nothing. I mean, you're probably going home with 150 bucks, 200 bucks after your flight and your meals. So, um, but that's the decision they make is either stay home and, and make, you know, 100 bucks or go on the road and have a little fun and, you know, be in a different city and hang out. Well, tell everybody what a middle act is. I don't know if all the... Well, you've got three acts. you got your host there who does about 10, 10 to 15. Yeah, this is just sort of just the standard in comedy clubs. On the road, yeah. On the, for somehow this became the standard. But yeah, 10, 15. And they've probably been doing it maybe three years or less, maybe a little more. But uh, And then the middle act does uh, 25 minutes, basically, and... Um, that's the problem. Become going from a middle act to a headliner is you kind of. It's a hard um, transition because you got to have a little, maybe a little credits and some, um, you know, stuff you can brag about on 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 the marquee. He was on 
James Corden or something or Fallon or something. So it's hard to it's hard to move up, is what I'm saying, from a middle act to a, to a headliner. Because I've worked with some really good middle acts, and um, you know, probably headline on their own, but it's hard to get booked. Well, the middle acts are are often like after a show, I'll. I don't work clubs that often, but I, I would hear people say, you should have headlined to the middle act, which is kind of devastating to hear. Uh, oh. but, 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 you know, and I've been told For that... For both it, people, I feel like. Well, the middle act isn't quite as devastated as a headliner <laughs> overhearing it, but and I've been told that as a middle act. The middle act, I mean, he he's at somewhat of an advantage because he's doing less time. Oh, I would say a, 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 you know, an advantage, yeah. And they're, and they're not dropping checks during his set, as they often will do during the headliner set. But it's less time, so it's more compact, and they're often very strong. You know, and and, and as, as Nick said, they often should be headlining, but maybe they just don't have the credits or whatever. Yeah, they live in Oklahoma City or Kansas City or Des Moines. Or maybe they're just more uh, kind of... Uh, if, if they live in the town that you are performing in, they might just be better adapted to that audience. Yeah. So you're coming from... I'm, I'm a city slicker, come from New York, and this guy might live in Tennessee or live in Oklahoma and, and is just more in tune with those people. So so in that sense, also, there's an advantage. So do you bring your opener, your host, and your middle act with you, or...? Like, just, just the middle act, and, and not always. Not always will they let me. A lot of towns, like Dan said, will only use support acts from that town. So sometimes they'll have an opener and a middle from Des Moines when I go to Des Moines. Sometimes they'll have three or four just openers. Everyone does ten, and then they bring me up. So it's, uh, but uh, you know, I would say half the time on the road, I bring a guy from. Um, New York City, or I have somebody in the Midwest who I like, and uh, he'll drive there. But it's hard because the the pay's so poorly to it's be a middle act that that if you if if you're doing a show far away and the, and and the guy lives in New York that you want to bring, he's not going to make any money because he got to fly there, and they don't pay anything. And so oftentimes they they don't might not give a hotel room. Yeah, oftentimes. So so it they, they, you know it just makes more financial sense for somebody local to do it. But you just isn't that what you just did in Chicago? Well, Louis has a budget, right? So he can bring me. We're talking about. I mean, yeah, he's Lu- playing Lu- in front Louis, of what, Louis, 2, Louis a big corporation that has a big budget to bring people and to pay for hotels and pay for airfare. We go to a local comedy club. They pay. <clears throat> they pay the middle act. You know, whatever they five hundred for the whole weekend. I don't know. Is five hundred for the weekend? Yeah, yeah, it's probably. And, but so, and if you have to spend three hundred in airfare. To get wherever you're going, somewhere between four and seven is how much it is, and and yet and they don't give you airfare, and you know for the middle act, not for the headline. For the middle act, yeah, they might give you a hotel, but if they don't give you a hotel, then you're really not making anything. But you know, but oftentimes they do it because they want stage time, and if they're having a hard time on the road, they're probably having a hard time in New York City getting stage time as well. So right. they thought, well, best case scenario, I'll just go on the road and take a hit. And also, it's experience. And hang out with the great Nick Griffin, sure. Right. I mean, sure. also, it's experience, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's, of course, that's exactly what it is. And that's what I did for years on the road. I would middle for, I middled for Bobby Slayton for probably five years. That seems like an odd pairing, you and Bobby. I know, it does. The, the bulldog. Are they called the bulldog? The, the, the pit, bull? pit bull of pit bull, comedy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that does seem like an odd pair. I'm if you don't know Bobby, to say I don't know who that. Well, is. he's um, he's he's I don't know. They used to call him guy. Sid Yishus or Vid Sid Vicious Sid Yishus. Well, he's Jewish, so I guess that's you know, yeah, hilarious. He's pretty, yeah, it was. A- and Nick is very soft spoken, as you as you can tell just by listening to this experienced uh, podcast. And and certainly, thank God on, for these mics. Certainly on stage, <laughs> he is he is a lower energy guy. Um, so it is an odd 
but but I guess if you're going to have an opening act, your opening act should be less have less energy than you. you yeah, the it, opposite, it may be a little different. The opposite could be problematic if you had somebody like Bobby Slayton opening for you. Right. Like I had this guy Kool Aid opening for me years Never ago heard in Detroit. Of him. Well, Kool Aid is a very high energy black guy. Yes. He annihilated, and I proceeded to then uh, stink up the room. <laughs> 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 no, that's not true. Well, I'm, I'm telling you it's true. <laughs> he, Dan was there. <laughs> this is early in my headlining career, but, you know, it, I'm not saying it wouldn't happen tomorrow necessarily. Uh, but, but you know, I just didn't connect with those people, and he certainly did. And so, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily pleasant. But anyway, um, uh, I do want to, uh, there's a couple other topics. But first of all, didn't didn't you have something, Perry, you wanted to uh, address? I'm, Am I'm, I being I'm, invited to choose a topic now? Yeah, well, no, you had awesome. mentioned before the show, shouldn't yeah. we talk about... Yeah, the, well, I mean, as it turns out, most of the show's just really for my benefit at this point. <laughs> um, Was it my Aruba, upcoming no, Aruba trip? I wanted to talk about your jacket. So I saw you in <laughs> Chicago. It was f- freezing, okay? It was fucking freezing he is walking around well, i'll show you what i'm walking around with i have it with me this well we're on a radio but show. i can describe it and okay. they can you can look at it and i can describe okay. it to ahead. the audience it is a leather jacket and a very light vest atop the leather jacket uh, oh nice is that normal i don't know i mean not at, uh, I didn't, not well the thing about it is is my other jacket the zipper is broken and um this is all I have for now. But Periel got on my case because she is concerned uh, about me catching cold to get a jacket. So she sent me a link to a to Dick's Sporting Goods it's, and a jacket that she – so I, I bought it today. Uh, oh, I you thought, did? I, I thought I, I sent it. It, wasn't, it was a Patagonia jacket. Well, whatever it was, you sent me the link. Said, I suggest this jacket. Then yeah. you gave me another suggestion. I bought it. Uh, the $300 one that yeah. you... Yeah, so Patagonia. It, I'm very proud of you. It I was think that, nuts. I mean, it's like... Who, yeah, well, the truth of the matter is, is I'm not outside that much. I go out... I, like in Chicago, I went out, I got into the car, the Uber, went to the theater, did the show, got back into the Uber, went to the hotel, and the whole day at the hotel, I didn't go into the hotel. I went to the was Cheesecake Factory across the street. Yeah, it was downtown. You can And who was the other support act? Mike Vachon. Oh, well, lovely. They were great. It was so fun. Wait, do we have another Mike, uh, Nicole? Because we have, uh, sounds like Ryan Reese is here. Oh, shit. And I, I shit. count three that, mics. That was my fault. I forgot to um, tell you that. Well, that's okay, because uh, Nicole's good under pressure. And fans of the show know Nicole. She is our sound engineer. Sorry, Nicole. <coughs> she does it all. Dan changed his <coughs> mind. Uh, as, as one. Which as is one, fine, which but is that one, was why you know, I um, can, can do. So you're going to Oklahoma, and you're going, going to, to Aruba City in uh, that would be the fifth through the ninth, I believe. And where can people find you when they you can find NickGriffin.net? You can see all my tour dates there. That'd be lovely, and there's some videos there and uh, a couple pictures, a bio, and that's about it, really. Uh, your standard website. I don't have a website. My website, I I stopped. Pa- I just like I. Whatever reason, like the money was due and I forgot and I didn't know, and then the website went offline and I never put it back up. So I don't have a website. But I mean, it's, our website's a big sort. I mean, do you yeah. need them yes. nowadays or is it all Instagram and TikTok? You know, I was going to ask you that, uh, Periel, if you felt like 
basically, eventually, Instagram will just be where everyone gets all their information of people. Or I just f- yes, but I yes, you need to have an Instagram. Your date should be on your Instagram, but you should have a functioning website. I mean, it's like a business card. It doesn't have to be like a whole fancy thing, right? But it's I feel like it's like a professional. You know, it's like a calling card. You need to have a website. I think. Just where everything is, your managers in. Well, also the th- also Instagram, I guess theoretically could go out of not go out of business. Well, I guess it could, it's or it could st- could stop. Like in other words, if you have a hundred stop, if you have a hundred thousand fans on Instagram and some, and they, Instagram controls it. So if Instagram ever stops being Instagram, then you lose those hundred thousand followers. Okay, but let's say it's not likely to happen. But I'm saying it could happen. Somebody sees you opening, for but is that Louis. true or false? No, it's. You're saying I, Instagram is is never it's going very anywhere. Very unlikely. It, it is unlikely, but it, I'm it, saying you don't control those hundred thousand people that's, entirely. Okay, that is true, but it's not in Instagram's best interest if they have somebody who has a hundred thousand followers. Well, I'm t- I don't know what could happen to Instagram. You're you're likely correct that nothing would happen to Instagram, but I'm saying you do not control a hundred percent your your you know that 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 that. Network. So, if I want to book either one of you on a movie, how do I do that? If I can't find you, I'm a big yeah, director. You can find me. Not hard to find. If you're really interested. It's not hard to find. I mean, if you if you're that, if I've you, got a email address on my website as well. That's so, good. Yeah. Got to work on my attitude, though. It is something you have to work on when you get older, you know, because it's just, it's so much stuff to weighs on you. They say get up early. They say that's a big one. Say if you want to feel good about yourself, get up early, accomplish something, then you feel good the rest of the day that you've accomplished something. But to me, getting up early is the accomplishing something. So when I do that, I I go back to bed. I did it. Hard to get out of bed, man. Bed is where all the good stuff happens. Right? Sleep, sex, if you're single, dinner. Mm, ever had a can of soup in bed? <laughs> it's like being in the womb. No, because no. Don't want to get out of bed, though, do you? Do you, people? You love your bed, don't you? Don't you love your bed? Yeah. Right? It's nice, isn't it? The bed is so good that when you get out of bed in the morning and there's someone still in there, you fucking hate them just a little. (laughs) You son of a bitch. Mouth breather. (laughs) That should be one of the vows. In sickness and in health for richer, for poor, and when I get out of bed, you get your ass out of here. Piece of shit. You don't want to get out of bed, man, because you're tired and you're ugly. <laughs> yeah, you're ugly. You're ugly in the morning. You're never going to be more ugly than you are in the morning. Yeah, that's why couples don't speak first thing. They're in shock. <laughs> oh, please don't be mine. Please don't be mine. Tell me that's a homeless man. Awful, man. You go to that bathroom mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, what did my pillow explode? It's a nightmare. Your hair's messed up. Your eyes are bloodshot. Your face is puffy. 
You got gunk coming out of every crease. It's like someone tried to choke you to death and gave up halfway through. Yeah, it's taking too long. At least he's ugly. Tired and ugly in the morning and you're dumb. You're dumb just for like a minute, just for like a minute. When you first wake up, you're kind of disoriented. You don't ever have somebody ask you a question as soon as you wake up? It's jarring. Have you seen my charger? What? Jesus Christ. Slow it down for a second. What in God's name is a charger? And look away, you're hideous. Ryan, Hi, Ryan. Ryan Reese, everybody. Another comedy seller. Thank you. A comedy seller regular. And has a, has a, is the movie out? You did a documentary. It's not. No, no, no. We're in. A, we uh, are in a, a post post production. So I guess that's. By the way, we were addressing. Nice shirt. Ryan Thanks, always looks. His, Ryan always looks his best. He does. Massive insecurities. I'm asking it with <laughs> dressing nicely and trying to present well. Well, uh, in any case, it couldn't hurt. Uh, we were talking about new. We were talking earlier about new jokes, and where do you prefer, prefer to work out new jokes? What's your favorite place to work out a new bit? Uh, I mean, I think it's all kind of. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's you all kind of changed. Jump right in, yeah. It's changed. It's not what it was. What's not what it was? Well, I mean, you know, when what you was it? Yeah, all right, so you go to note like probably the road would be where you do new jokes before you bring them back to the city. Um, okay, I mean, theoretically, I, mean, I don't, because I feel more pressure on the road, because it's like, if I'm headlining, I'm the headliner, you know. But you have more time. So if you, if you, if you... Also, I'm more stressed on the road, because I've just, that's the nature of me, and once, when I'm stressed, I don't want to deal with new material, I just want to run the shit that I have. But that's me, mm -hmm. okay, I'm, 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 I'm different in, in many ways from your standard comic. Uh, from your of, standard person, too, Well, maybe. that's true. So, but you you say, but you like to do comic uh, new stuff on the road outside New York City on the road, ideally. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, there's a, it feels like it's it's uh, uh, less pressure. Yeah, we all agreed that um, you always want to have or you want to try to always have a great set at the cellar, and it's hard right. to try new jokes there. I mean, I do try them, but it's. But on the road, I, I feel sneak that them in. on the road, I feel that same pressure because if you're the headliner, yeah, of course, I then you know yeah. um, they're coming to see you specifically. So the place that I prefer to new jokes, uh, new jokes is in the city anywhere but here. So like if you're doing like a little show like my show. Like the Periel show, the cunt show. That's what she called it. I'm sorry, that's what she called it's it. It's called See You Next Tuesday. Right, but your, your, your logo is a vagina, and it's called See You Next Tuesday. I mean, that's just good sales. I mean, so I'd, buy, I'd buy a ticket. Not since the Nike brand. They, <laughs> they said I should change the name because they're giving me a Thursday night now. But that's a, a where, no reason. Where, see you next Thursday. Thursday. No, they said like I should, ch and they also said it's vulgar, so I might. Well, be it is vulgar, and it's also not related to the show. I mean, if the show was like a woman's empowerment show, then one might 
make that connection. But it's it's just a regular show that you happen to call that happens to have a vagina logo. So I don't. Well, really no, connect. I mean it's more intellectual than that. It's not meant to be like gratuitously vulgar. I sort of I have a real issue with this, you know, sort of bad word thing, and people are so scandalized by the word cunt that it's. I mean, you, you had me at vagina logo, thank and you, you lost Ryan. me at intellectual. Like, oh, <laughs> there's a reading. <laughs> no, thank you. I don't. And a lot of people don't even realize that you know because you know. I know what the, the vagina. The you know what's funny? I didn't recognize that until See? after a while. Yeah. yeah. But in any case, you you you. <laughs> it's been a while, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a cartoon. It's you know, it doesn't look. It's a cartoon. It's a it's a drawing. But you. Yeah. Um, I well, I didn't pick up on that. I really got to look into that. Why? But your show, yes, would be an ideal show for new material. That's correct. Well, is that because you feel like a lot of love because you know I you're feel, surrounded by people who I supportive yeah, yeah environment and but, you know we're so happy to have you there uh, or you just it was yeah, just it's low pre- it's low pressure great it's, thanks um I, mean, I don't give a shit if I vomit periosa where's you the know, show stand up it's, um, it's in New York yeah it's there's usually the audience is not it's not you know uh bursting at the seams in terms of the capacity yeah so, you know, and, and yeah, it's your show. It seems it's not the same as, as working here. You usually do very well, though, too. So you probably... Yes, I want... Yeah, so, so they seem to like me, so... Um, they do like you. You know, so in any case... What, what uh, demographic are we looking at there? Young young women? It's No, not at all. <laughs> is that what, what are you in the market for, Nick? Intellectual <laughs> women. But C-U-N-T, it I is thought smart. there might be I feel... kind of a... No, it's appeal not. to uh, no. I'm like just a... entertaining myself with that name. Oh, okay. I th- no, I think it's across. I think it's a lot of New York. We get they get tourists too, though. Yeah. I think that I think that all the comics that I gravitate towards and the people that we put on the show are usually pretty smart. Um, I mean, you know. So uh, just to um, so, pivot a little bit, if I could. Do, do you like smart comedy, Dan? Uh, just well, not not specifically, but I'm just curious about. Oh, do I like smart comedy? Well, I'm not sure a... what smart comedy exactly. is. Uh, there's comics that talk about intellectual topics, uh, but that doesn't mean it's smart. It just means you know you might be talking about politics, but you can talk about politics in a dumb way. I always felt that and you Geraldo... could talk about taking a shit in a smart way. I always sure. felt Geraldo did the smart dick joke, meaning like it it was like this heavy intellectual topic and it usually ended up with like a, a dick in the eye or so you know what i mean like it started in like some well some, the or topic like a, doesn't dictate no. the, the you know whether it's a smart joke or not um so you know i mean i, I tell as a guy that that seldom broaches intellectual topics but his jokes are well written so in that sense it's smart comedy well, he's also a genius. I mean, I think that there are some. I mean, listen, that's I, not relevant to what I'm saying. I'm saying that he he doesn't tackle weight, he doesn't tackle weighty issues. He's not talking about, you know, um, uh, political issues. Right. That's not what he's, I meant. He's talking I, about yeah. his, uh, you know, his friend Lollipop Johnson and the midget that he solves crimes with, or whatever he's talking about. <laughs> But 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 does it in a smart way. So so to answer your question, I guess I like a well written joke, but the topic doesn't have to be a weighty topic. Yeah, agreed. Um, and 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 some people think they're smart because they happen to be talking about weighty issues, and but they're doing it in a way that you know is not necessarily all that smart. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Right. <laughs> You're talking about Brooklyn comedy. Well, I don't go, I don't go there, but uh, uh, no one does. So, uh, so can so. Um, sorry, Andrew. Uh, can you tell us a bit? I, I'm, I'm sure we've touched this on other episodes, but a bit about the documentary that you're doing. 
Oh, oh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, the, the documentary, uh, I guess we would call it a narrative documentary. Uh, it's uh, called Before We Get Started. It's about the uh, career path of a warm-up comedian. A warm-up comedian is someone that opens every TV show you see with an audience. Every TV show you see that has an audience starts with a comedian that opens the show. So some of these warm-ups have gone on to great things like uh, Bob Saget and uh, uh, Mark Summers and a few others. And, and Who's other, Mark Summers? Mark Summers was the host of Double Dare. Oh, him. Okay. okay. Come on. Yeah, it's, uh, He's also big on not the Food qu- Network. Not quite as uh, renowned as Bob Saget, but... Yeah, yeah, but I bet you he's got more money than Saget. You think? Food Network. He created a lot of shows. Oh, he, if, he, oh well, he, if you create the show, yeah, you he might... He got in you know, early. Judge Judy apparently is one of the richest people in Hollywood. Yeah, oh, that's I what I heard. love her. Me too. I loved her curb. Oh, she's so great. So anyway, the... Uh, oh, right, right. So the, the, the basically it explores the world of warm-up comedy... Through me, who does warm-up comedy, to see uh, basically the narrative is like, is this it for me? Is there something else? And then obviously we go on this journey and we meet some people that uh, are career warm-ups like uh, Joey Cola mm-hmm. and some uh, counterparts like uh, Mark Sweet in L.A. And then, you know, we meet the other guys that have done it and then they've gone on to other things. So what is what in your estimation are the factors that make a great uh, audience warm-up comic? I mean, David Tell, who's considered a great comic, would he be a great audience warm-up comic? He's in the movie. He did it. Oh, he did. Audience yeah, warm-up. that's why it was so funny. Oh, that's interesting. But it's well, uh, what about what about say uh, Mitch Hedberg or, or that that energy level? Well, Seinfeld did it also. Mm-hmm. But if Seinfeld's, I, but the the idea is you're serving the show and the host of the show as opposed to yourself. So you can't go out there and do your favorite joke because you love it. You know it, it's it, you know it speaks to you. You can't do that. You might sour the audience. Like they didn't come there to see you. They came there to see the show. So what do you need to do? You have to be in service of the show. Which means? Like, like to, the, the audience, basically they want to be, the, the, like say it's a sitcom, right? So the sitcom is a, a, some, between shots they have to set up the cameras, they have it's to. It's a six hour taping, yeah. So, so a there's a lot of time where they're not actually. Monster job. Um, filming anything. Yes. So that's your job to do it, to just ent- be the entertainer? Well, once again, when you get on these bigger shows. Uh, you know, they also have things they're going to help help you. Like they pay a DJ to go with you, and they, you know, they also bring in food, and they also bring in water. Like so, there's a lot. They have of giveaways too, don't they? They have giveaways. So when you do a show that has a budget like that, there's a lot of uh, help you get in entertaining this audience or holding them for. How six much hours. time is it? I mean, is they're shooting a sitcom for six hours? You're going on and off for six hours. If it's a new sitcom, it could it could take that long. But if they've been doing it for a couple of years, they can probably bang it out in like two hours. It's a it's a monster monster job. It takes a, a a lot of energy and a lot of creativity and really just to hold this audience's attention. And they gotta like you. If they don't, if the audience doesn't like you, you're done. They have to like you because they're gonna be with you for a while. I mean, how important is it to be funny as opposed to just keeping the energy going? Well, that depends. Like uh, Mark Sweet's a hypnotist and a magician, so he works that into his act when he's doing a sitcom in L.A. Uh, Joey doesn't do that. Joey does comedy. Um, it, it varies on the performance. And you, I would imagine you have to keep it clean or reasonably clean. Depends on the show. I mean, like for 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 someone like me, I do. I, I make that choice because it's just safer. But you know, I've I've been to shows where they're not. You know, they're a little edgier. Mm-hmm. You know, but you run the risk of getting a complaint. But I guess like it would depend. Like if you're doing a network show, uh, you know. Um, I mean, if you're doing back in the day, going back to like you know the Cosby Show or something, a, f- a family show. 
then you'd probably be expected That's to be quite a choice. Well, I haven't been watching sitcoms in a while, so I I, I believe Chris Rock uh, had done some sort of warm up for the Cosby Show, and and Cosby felt he was too dirty and took the oh, mic, that's and took amazing. The mic from him. Oh, yeah. I mean, Cosby's also was was just notorious for being a stickler about clean. Yeah, right. He's well, he's super... like raping somebody in the well, back that, room. Yes, I mean, uh, yeah. Chris Rock's being too dirty, telling jokes. Well, nobody Cosby's said the like, man wasn't a hypocrite, but he did. Dirty run... is thick. <laughs> it's amazing. So you're now in the post production stage, and then it's like film festivals or something. No, no, I have a. Um... It, 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 I, I basically, uh, we shot it, and the first cut wasn't what it needed to be, so I had to bring in a new creative and new animators and, uh, uh, you know, uh, get someone to score the, the thing, like basically all the post-production work. Um, I do have an agent that's going to rep it, and we're just going to get it out there. Try to sell it to, like, Netflix or something like that. Well, I, I think I stacked the deck enough that I hope someone will want to spend something on it. Well, it sounds, uh, this is, it, you're the producer? Yeah. Sounds a big. That's a lot of work, obviously. Well, I didn't say it was the greatest choice in the world, but okay. well, no, I well, it is if it, it is if if it becomes a big deal. Well, look, I, the hard work, the, the the assets to the film was was one the story which hasn't been done, and two all the talent I was able to get in it, which was mm-hmm. you know super all the comedians that lent their time, it, just such a huge help. Uh, Saget, Seth Meyers, John Oliver, Amy Schumer. Uh, just uh, Ray Romano, just just I, all these people lent their time and helped make this happen. So now I just got to get across the finish line. Well, we, we certainly wish you luck with that and uh, be on the lookout for what's it called again? Before we get started. If you're single and you're over 30, you're going to get dating advice from relatives you didn't ask for. Yeah. My grandmother gives me dating advice. She goes, Brian, you should try to meet someone nice on the bus. <laughs> She's 97. The bus was her Facebook. She says that because she met my grandfather on the bus. He was the bus driver. <laughs> True story. She tries to make it cute. She goes, well, I want to ride the bus for free, so I married him. <laughs> That's adorable until you think about it. And then you're like, wow, grandma was the first easy pass. Look, I've had relationships. I actually just had one end kind of weirdly. I actually had a girl leave me for someone way better than me. Way better. Major League Baseball player. Right? I think she told me she thought I'd fight for her. But when she told me, I was just like, oh, that's a really good move. Can you get me tickets? Grandma says I can take the bus there. I'm Ryan Reese, guys. Thanks for your time. Nicole, by the way. Nicole, you there? Yeah, what's up? Any thoughts about the show so far? We often ask Nicole. It's the best deadpan response I've heard in years. Uh, part of the show, is, it's become a feature, really, mm-hmm. uh, is to ask Nicole what she thinks of the, of the episode. Yeah, this is great. You're doing a good job of balancing what, what, the inside baseball with making it accessible for people. So. What, what do you think about this compared to the, a, nor, a more Noam-esque conversation wherein... <laughs> Uh, wherein, you know, we talk about uh, Roe v. Wade. We had Alan Dershowitz on we had Alan Dershowitz. last week just to, you know. You. And it was a good discussion. I like those shows. I'm just wondering whether the Did people... you enjoy that, uh, Periel? 
I enjoy whatever makes Gnome and Dan happy. That's my role here, really. To just okay, now, could you answer the question seriously? Yeah, that was very... Um, I uh, prefer shows... I don't like doing it over Zoom that much. Right. For right. starters, I much... Well, Gnome zooms in quite a fair amount. And no, I, I didn't He was here that. for that show, but Alan zoomed yeah, in. Yeah, Alan zoomed in. So I, I feel like there's really something about the energy in the room. and. Um, well, also, the sound sometimes with Zoom. is it, it, Alan was cutting out a little bit. Um... And, you know, the possibility of getting COVID, that always makes it, like, a little bit exciting. So, Nicole, what, what is your preference? Um, yeah, I, I feel the same way pretty much about everything. Like, as a technical person, the Zoom kind of... Well, no, I'm talking about the, the political discussion versus this kind of more comedically oriented discussion. Yeah, um, I will say it every time. I definitely am less scared in these environments. So <laughs> I'm having fun so far. But yeah, I also, it's tough for me because I don't, you know, I'm not super up to date on the goings on of the world. So I feel, you know, a little more tuned in here. Well, even with me as a host, you're bound to get, a, you're probably not going to get any discussions of Asian admissions policies at Harvard. Uh, you're probably not going to get any discussion of the Steele dossier, which I still am not sure what that is, but I had to do with Trump. I think you know what it is, Ryan. I, very on the surface, I, I, w I wouldn't know much about it. But you just might get some discussion of some uh, some uh, current events type stuff. For example, uh, something I think is interesting: Elon Musk is Times Man of the Year. Okay. This year, which seems, I guess, I don't know why this year necessarily, as opposed to last year or next year. Well, why? Well, I don't know why because I haven't delved into it. But he is the Man of the Year, um, and I think. Uh, it seems like a reasonable choice. He has certainly uh, changed the. W Not only is he ridiculously rich, he's third. Is he third now? No, he was. Well, he was up at three hundred billion, so he was number one. I don't know if it. I mean, this, it depends on the stock price oh. of Tesla. So, so I don't know where he is now. But he's <laughs> three hundred billion. <laughs> three hundred billion. Three hundred billion dollars. It's just silly. It's quite a nice chunk of change. Yeah, I've been trying to write a joke about like if he goes into a store and. <laughs> like orders, just gets a bottle of water. Is the guy behind the counter like, okay, one bottle of water, okay, that'll be fifty grand. I, I don't know if that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you didn't laugh that much, um, so it's probably not. That I like good. that first joke you told. Yeah, you like the girls got one. Um, <laughs> there's got to be a joke about Elon, about a man who's worth three hundred billion. But Gary like took Gary Goldman took uh, he did a whole thing about Bill Gates, and he might have taken all the the super rich, you know, he might have already exhausted that mine. Right. Anyway. Um, Elon Musk thoughts, uh, Ryan Reese. <laughs> this is Ed Go. <laughs> I feel like I'm on PBS. <laughs> this is uh, very. I don't know. What, what do you care? Does anyone read? Magazines? Would you rather be? Does anyone read magazines? Would you rather be? Yeah, I, that's true. I mean, Time Magazine. And by the way, wait, Elon Musk. I mean, is that really with the times? Shouldn't it be a woman or maybe someone that that is a, a, a transgender, maybe or something more? Well. Another uh, white I, I male. guess that's yes. I oh, guess they probably the consider that, and despite the fact that he's a white male, his his accomplishments are so overwhelming that he squeaked through. Wasn't Trump the man of the year? He might have been. Yeah, yeah. Are you leaving us, Nick? I have to go. Have he's to go doing new new jokes. New jokes tonight. Okay. Uh, do you well, want? I'll use my notepad. Do you have? Well, do you want to run a new joke by us, or, or you'd prefer not? No, I'd rather. Okay. Not. Okay. Oh, best of luck. But I, I love you guys, and I thanks love for having you, Nick. me. Thank you. Would you rather be a rock star, rock star, or Elon Musk? Rock star. Okay. You think I think I'd rather be Elon Musk? Rock star. Like this, like a Mick Jagger rock star. Yeah, like a like a major rock star, like Mick Jagger. Yeah, obviously. 
So it gets to a point where the money doesn't. But it's not really the money. It's the fact that he. It's not that they, that he he needs the money to buy shit. It's the fact that he um, has has done so much to 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 advance the cause of human development. I mean, he, you know, um, he's he's set he's set us on a course with electric cars. I mean, that, somebody look, else would have done yes, that. Well, that, but you can say that about anything. But not right. about Mick Jagger or John Lennon. I mean, there'll never be another like. I mean, being an artist is singular. In your talent. I suppose. I, I mean, I, okay, I'll give you that. Um, By the way, he does comedy. He's done comedy oh, with Chappelle, yeah. So just, it tells you it tells you about his life, as oh, great so as it is. Like, so I still want to do five minutes. Well, I guess it's it's the grass being always greener on the other side. And he also did SNL and so on. Uh-huh. See that? I mean, he I'm, wants to be a rock star. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or, or a, a comic star. Yeah, I guess there's there's no pleasing people. But, um, it's, ah, but I you, love but, that that stands takeaway. But you can say about any... I guess, scientist or industry person that somebody would have done it anyway. And I think the great men in history, you know, they advance, they they they, they speed it up a few, I mean, at best a few years. You're not wrong. Maybe 10 years. I mean, like, it, it could be my personal bias, too. No, but you're right. I see what you're saying. It's like, yeah, nobody would have written Sympathy for the Devil if Mick Jagger didn't write Sympathy for the Devil. It's not one of my favorite Stone songs, but it's a good song. I like that song. I prefer, um, you know... Um, Street fighting, not street fighting. What's the one with that? Whoa, chill. It's just a shot away. It's just a. Sh- I've been doing a p- very poor job of it, but um. Is that Beast give me shelter? Give me shelter. Give me shelter. Give me shelter. great. I like Beast of Burden a lot myself. A lot of good stuff, but but yes, you're, I mean, if if Elon Musk had not started Tesla, somebody at some point would have come up with a car. Yeah, it's like more right, or so less an electric. It wouldn't car, have been Tesla, right? but it would have been something similar. But he did advance everything several years, and as I said, I think you, I think the greatest. You know the greatest scientists in the in history. All they do is is I mean Newton maybe sped us up, maybe ten years compared to what somebody else would have discovered what he discovered. I guess I don't. Who found or the twi- COVID maybe. vaccine? Why don't we know that person's name? Um, I think there were a lot of people that worked on that. Yeah, I think they had it on file. <laughs> they may have. Uh-huh. They very. Do you uh-huh. think so? I think they had. I think they were, they were probably already working on something. Well, in that they, family. they're working on yeah the yeah. R, the RNA vac. I'm not saying it's conspiracy. I'm saying they were probably working on something within that that family. And then when this came along, they were like, "Well, we're not that far off." You saw that expression on my face. I'm so susceptible to a conspiracy to a good conspiracy. Oh, I theory. absolutely believe this this virus was man created. I, I don't understand how that's not a rational thought in everyone's. You head. believe it was created in Wuhan in the lab. I believe it was man created. I don't know who did it. I but why, why do you believe that? I thought that was like commonly accepted. Now. It, well, it's accepted that it's possible, and I'm not saying it's not possible. But I'm saying, it's, why would you think that it's probable? It kind of, it kind. Of, if you were going to design a bioweapon, this is kind of the one. Yeah, but a bioweapon that just kills everybody all over the world. No, like it does not kill everyone. It just kills old people and people that have pre-existing conditions and people that are very overweight. Basically, people that you might not consider uh, like essential to society like people that you can and then also think about this way china a lot of old people they had way more old people than they could care for uh then on way i'm not done uh and then on top of that this virus what it does is it overloads your system it doesn't actually kill people but it shuts down everything right if you have everyone going to the hospital it's very easy to invade a country if everyone is out sick Oh, except that your country is also out sick and then it was i believe and i have to check again i think maybe doesn't it affect men more than women? Yes. I, it, I, You're saying women came up with it. Feminists. No. Ah! <laughs> That's a good joke. I'm saying that uh, uh, 
if you were going to make a bioweapon, this this certainly has a lot of the characteristics. Lesbians. But 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 it was again, created it, by Chinese lesbians. But again, well, once again, men aren't necessarily considered essential to the species. You need women to have kids. Do you need men? There's a little gray area there. But no, but, there isn't. But um, Ryan. But if, if, if it was a bioweapon, yeah, it's easier to invade a country if everybody's sick, unless your country's also sick. I mean, China, if assuming it was invented there, uh, was hit hardest, at least at first. So why would you invent a weapon that also fucks up your people and your ability to conduct a war? Well, I, I didn't say that this was uh, something they planned. I said it You're was probably it was, a whoopsie. They were, that was a whoopsie. Okay. Well, that could it be. It was a whoopsie? Yeah. You're saying they were in the lab, they were inventing this virus that they could— they could use, and then it got out, and well, maybe I, you know, I, I my. What I, do you think? I, I don't think that's. Uh, you think it was? I, I think it was. I think, I think it was a virus that came about naturally. Yes, um, but maybe it escaped from a lab. I don't know. Um, is it? I thought it was really sort of dismissed as farcical that it was. Well, at first it was a bat. Oh, oh, the bat part. No, I don't. No, I mean, people do eat bats. I think in uh, in China, I believe so. And you know, and and viruses often come from an animal reservoir toward to humans. I mean, you know, the swine flu came from pigs. That's why they call it the swine flu. So I don't know that that's crazy. Can you change the subject? I'm getting upset. It's really depressing. I'm not authorized to change the well, subject. Well, you're, you're so not you authorized. The question is, it's a, it, and it's a, it's a more interesting question. Uh, is are you authorized to suggest a change of subjects? <laughs> and that's where we get it. That becomes a more tricky. Um, Question and I think an interesting one. And uh, request, not suggest. I would say no. I would say you know, yeah, I know. I, I would say that I, I, it's a gray area. It's a gray area. I have to think about that. But we can get back to um, you know, I read something in the post. We, we, we're, we're almost out of time, but this is something I, I thought it was a recent event, but it turned out it's, it was from like September, but somehow it came up on my Twitter feed more recently. But there was a guy in Russia who killed his best friend because his best friend was raping his daughter. They, the friendship ended, needless to say, after that. <laughs> Way to lighten the subject. But, well, but it, there's a light aspect to it, relatively light aspect to it. So anyway, he, so he, he murdered, he, he took his best friend or his former best friend like to the woods and made him dig his own grave and then like stab him to death or something like that. But anyway, the best friend was babysitting his daughter, and 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 whilst babysitting his daughter, was raping her and filming. How old was the? And I, I'm not sure. Well, I mean, that seems like a critical. But if it, but 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 if he's babysitting, we can assume that she's at the age where you need a babysitter. I don't think she was an infant, but maybe she was 11 or 12. I don't know. The point is, as much, and I think we can all agree that whatever we might feel about vigilante justice, we don't feel too sorry for the guy that got killed. You know. But well, maybe you do. Um, uh, I, I, I feel like there's a lot of details of the story I don't know. Well, I'm giving, but those are the details. He raped the, the, the guy's daughter, and then he killed. Then he made him dig his own grave. Yeah, that's what I read. I don't know. If the, the, I think the, that was an episode of The Sopranos. The, the, the point is, is as much as 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 this guy got what was coming to him, you have to give the the 2021 Bad Judge of Character Award to the to the father. What was he doing? What was he so busy that he needed? Well, every parent needs a babysitter. You're, but you, we, I want to ask one of my friends to watch my well, kid. Are you exa- out of your well, mind? It's exactly my point. Is is a you don't ask a grown man to babysit a, a girl. You, you, I, I, I'm, I'm inclined to say you never ask a man to babysit anyway. Really? But maybe you could make an exception. 
maybe Elliot, uh, Elliot, uh, Spitzer. No, um, the name of that actress, but she, but, but, but an actor now, Elliot Page. Elliot Page, I might let babysit. I'd let Matteo babysit. I probably, yeah, I'd probably be okay with Matteo. I mean, there, there might be exceptions, but it seems to me that if this guy was capable of doing what he did, it's inconceivable that there were, that at a minimum, he wouldn't have had, there wouldn't have been some red flag that at, at a minimum he shouldn't be babysitting. It's it's hard to imagine, and and again, and and I I wouldn't let a man babysit unless there were no other options at all. You wouldn't let a straight man babysit, or you wouldn't let I, any I, man I, babysit. I don't think I let any man babysit. Um, we talked about Mateo, uh, Mateo. Possible. I would probably rather have a woman. Although, yeah, Mateo would be. Yes. I'd, Why I'd, have you so for everybody who's listening? Mateo is a gay comedian that works Dan would want to sleep with the babysitter So I think that's his angle on getting a woman So Mateo is a gay comedian Go ahead Yeah, so so, so we're saying Should should he be allowed to babysit? But why has he selected Mateo? Just because he's gay or does he have some He's gay but he also seems to be a good person He's very nurturing He knows how to cook He seems to be a good Uh, person He sings Uh, He's into video games Okay He doesn't drink He doesn't smoke Okay so the question is, is did, did this man who was murdered in Russia, you know, did he, I mean, I never met the guy, but it's almost inconceivable that he, that, that but, a decent that, judge of character would not have picked up that something was wrong with this guy. But just to your point, uh, I wouldn't let Mayron babysit my kid. <laughs> no, that would, Mayron that, wouldn't be my See, and it's, yeah, yeah. I would let Danny Cohen babysit my kid. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I will say that as a parent, and there's another gay guy, Danny Cohen. I would say that as a parent, I would leave my son with a gay guy before I would leave him with a straight guy, for sure. Mm. But now you have a son, so that changes the game a little bit. Mm, I still think straight guy. I mean, <laughs> what was with the air guy. quotes? Quote unquote. <laughs> well, I mean, there are a lot of quote unquote straight guys who wind up. You know, you find like the coaches who wind oh, up. Oh, like you know. Boy Scouts, gotcha. Yeah, or what was that? Sandusky wasn't he yeah. fucking a bunch of little boys and the popes, of course, or the priests, priests. rather. Well, I think that the, the, the gay there gay guys that that are also um, you know that molest as well as straight guys. I, they're probably more straight. Yeah, guys way too. more straight guys. I trust a gay guy way more than I trust a straight guy. Anyway, I mean, you listen. You brought it up. Yeah, that's that's fine, uh, but uh, this this guy, this this friend, um, as I said, I just hard to imagine that anybody capable of doing what he did would not. It would not be there. Would not be signs that 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 there's something wrong. With what about guy. being capable? of... What do you think about that? Right? I think the father's messed up too. I think he has yeah. a gun and a shovel, and he made this guy dig <laughs> his own <laughs> that's grave. What I was so say. it sounds like not, these not. two are, are like good buddies in evil deeds. That's insane. I mean, can you imagine what kind of a sadist you have to be to make somebody dig their own grave? Nicole, what do you think about that? Do you think the father went too far, or do you applaud him defending his daughter? I feel like that's a huge dad move. Where's the mother? Does anyone know? (laughs) Has anyone seen or heard from her? Where is the mother? The father killed her. There's another grave. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. The article didn't mention the mother. Nicole, so you say, you say, what did you say precisely? Yeah, I feel like that's a dad move to just like escalate to just killing them immediately on site. That makes sense to me. Okay, okay. Um, you're saying he went too far. 
No, I feel like that's like that's a dad move. Like that's what they always say. Like if anybody messes with my daughter, blah blah blah. Well, there's a T-shirt. You never see that T-shirt. It's like a meme, and it's like ten rules for dating my daughter, and yeah. it's like oh, you know. I mean, it, it. One of the rules is whatever you do to her, I'll do to you. And I was like, oh, so you're gonna so you're gonna that's go down on me? <laughs> that's that's a solid joke. That is a solid. That's a joke. Solid joke. What's that? You gonna go down on me? Yeah, yeah it's a pretty. That's very funny. <laughs> um, working new material on the pod, Dan. Well, sometimes oh, I slip it in. Do it but, here. But, but the but you know those shirts I find disgusting. It's like your daughter has the right to be a sexual being and to and to make her own choices, and and you know and these fathers are like, oh, you touch my daughter. It's like, hey, if your daughter's of age, she can do what she wants. Back off. Didn't we have a conversation not that long ago about some famous. Somebody who was taking his daughter into like to the gynecologist to make sure she was still a virgin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but Ti. Like, yes. Who's Ti? It's a rapper. <laughs> oh, don't you remember? We you we thought it was Texas Instruments. It's that too. Well, we, he said he he talked about it on a TV. That's show. That's even still around, problem. Texas Instruments. That was uh, the problem. He went on a TV show and it was like he, he was kind of bragging about how uh, strict of a father he was, and he said this crazy thing. We discussed this. Well, I think we discussed. Do we discuss Ti, or we yes. discuss sort of an adjacent? To, yeah, the, you know, we. Well, we've had we also only had the guys we fucked or the uh, girls on, and they were arguing with Noam about. Um, that was before my time. Yeah, that was before your time, I guess. But um, do you not like crude T-shirts in general, or it's just no? Like, I just I, that theme of a father that that vigorously protects his daughter's right. virginity is creepy to me. Yeah, it's psychotic. Um. You know, I mean, I can understand a father does not want her daughter to be his daughter to be, you know, the most pr- promiscuous girl in town. But at the same time, you know, she, you're saying that it. Why are you looking? Uh, Periel's giving us a, a bizarre. No, thing. I'm just thinking like, you know, I just don't think that fathers. That's not your job is to like worry about like who your daughter's like fucking. It's like you want her to be safe and you want her to be careful. I mean, we, no, fathers aren't worried about who their sons are fucking and if they're promiscuous or not, right? Well, right, and I, but okay. there is there is that double stand. I mean, I, I which I can't say I don't understand at all. I, if I were a father of a daughter, I, I again I wouldn't want her to be promiscuous. Probably that a, word needs to be excised from the conversation, frankly. Well, but that's the point which I'm trying one? to make. It requires that w- rule. But no, but but, the, but that but it's at the end of the so I would not want to encourage her to 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 have sex with everybody in town. At the same time, I she is an adult, or when she becomes an adult, um, she does have a right to to make her own decisions. Nicole, you say what? Um, I agree that that word needs to go away. Which word? Promiscuous. I mean, it's it's so. Well, what, what word should we use? Well, is it but, sexist? Or yeah, you? because nobody's describing men but as you could. promiscuous. Well, we will, but you don't. But I'm, we say I, we I, say I, he's I know, a. Boot. But I don't. When I hear that word, I don't think of women. I just think of someone who's sleeping around. Yeah, we could say a guy's a booty hound. We could say a guy's a you horn dog. A it's promiscuous. very different. You could say that too. It's okay, but what different. word should we use to describe somebody who has sex with a lot of people? I don't know. What do you describe with a guy who has sex with a lot I of people? Guy gets, you know I what? say that guy gets you more know? ass okay. than a toilet seat. How, right, but with a girl, there's some judgment. Wait, wait, wait. All right, all right. All right, all right. And I'm, I'm, because I'm, I'm on the middle on this one. Go ahead. I, I don't have any kids, but if I do, I don't want to know what they're doing. Like, that's their business. I don't want anything to do with it. That being said, I don't think I'd want either one of my children, guy or girl, to be uh promiscuous or sleeping around or doing any of that. Either one. Okay. I mean it's probably not healthy for, for, for a teenage boy to be promiscuous either. 
either psychologically or physically. I don't disagree, and so, I but believe we need you. we need a word to describe somebody that bangs a lot. No, no, no. My issue is that so when it's a like... boy, it's somebody who bangs a lot, but when it's a girl, it's somebody who's promiscuous, and there's a judgment inherent there. I don't want my daughter sleeping around. I've never heard anybody say, "I don't want my son sleeping around." I Ryan, I the record. okay, I I accept that, but I think that you're an exception to the rule. Uh, we just say sleeps around, then we could just use that word. I just think it should be equal for both whoever it is. It's not that the girl shouldn't be promiscuous. It's I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I agree with Ryan. When I use the word promiscuous, I don't use it to only refer to women. But I probably use it more often to refer to women. I will agree. I think most people do. Um, except for Ryan. Well, I mean, also, I do think there is... Uh, look, there's definitely men out there that definitely sleep with a lot of women, and that's their hobby. Mm-hmm. We know some of them. Yeah, uh, we, we know more. Than that's people. not the standard by far. I, I I know a lot more dudes that almost never get laid than, <laughs> than get laid every night by a different girl, and that's their thing. Well, right. it's, in my case, it's it's mostly by choice. <laughs> well, you don't want to put in the work, Dan. I don't want to do. You got to do the work. work. These guys do the work. I approach I approach getting laid like I approach comedy. I'm lazy, but um, we, we, it is um, I guess about that time. I think it was a strong what, show. You, you, I know guys that, you know, married the first girl they slept with. Like, they, and I know more of them than I know of the guy who goes out every night and meets a different girl. I know more guys that just slept with one girl and married her. Really? Yeah, because that's the reality. Yes, we all know the one or two guys that are making a sport of it. But by far, I know far more guys. Right, but when a girl does that, she's labeled a slut or a whore. Well, some people, I don't use those words. We, we call her a hero because that is. I don't use those words. Who do you think sleeping with me and Dan? <laughs> I I prefer the word. Uh, well, I mean, people use the word sex positive. Uh, rob, uh, has a certain or to or to or to quote Judge Snell's from Caddyshack has a certain zest for life. <laughs> when he's talking about his uh, his niece, Lacey Underall. You don't remember I, I don't, yeah, I do, I do, but I'm just, I'm, I understand those words have negative connotation. Well, but certainly the words slut and life. whores do, and I don't use those words. I'm not saying you, I'm just saying in general. I'm not accusing okay. you of using but you. Words. But then you've but said, if, you've said, the, but you've added the word promiscuous to that litany of words that you think yes. are judgmental. Words. Yes, I think that they're judgmental toward women generally. I mean, I, that's, I don't think that's an unreasonable way of viewing the word um you never get but we still need a word but this, the point still stands that i if i had a daughter and a son i'd be more upset about my daughter sleeping around than my sons right that that's the issue that i'm taking okay well um you you have an issue with that's that that's the point that i'm taking issue with uh, because i wonder well first of all i wonder whether or not a woman that sleeps around is more indicative of mental problems than a than a boy sleeping around oh my f- ah! Oh, God. God. Where's the door? (laughs) Well, because I wonder whether women are just naturally less geared toward doing that. There's evolutionary reasons to suspect that maybe they are. No, there isn't. Yes, there is. Because because we I don't have to go through the the evolutionary. No, let's. No, because we're running out of time. But because women, once they get pregnant, they are now they have to now deal with that, you know, in. I mean, Do you know how many guys I slept with and never got pregnant? Yeah, because you live in the modern world. I, I would like but a hard you, number on you, that, please. You live in the modern <laughs> world where we have birth control. But I'm saying during when we were evolving as a species, women, there was a high cost of sex. Sex cost a lot for a woman because she risked right. being pregnant for nine months. But there was Whereas a, for a man, the cost was relatively small. 
Right, but there's also so perhaps, social stigma so still perhaps, today. I'm saying, but perhaps in most of the world, I'm not just talking about New York. Oh, definitely City. In the world, but I, I'd say definitely with with me, and then I can see it with my nephew and like every like it's just not there anymore. Like, and I I understand this is a negative word, but I don't like I've always been like I I usually like slutty chicks. That's who I date. That's that's I don't use it as a negative thing. They're usually in the, most countries in the world, women. I mean, in let's not say most, but I mean, there are numerous countries in the world that if women have sex outside of marriage, they're just fucking killed. Oh, sure. I agree with you. But I'm saying in this, at least in terms of like, I even see with my nephew and everything like, boy, I mean, these they, they trade partners like it's nothing. But it's I, how old I, are your nephews? Uh, my nephew's twenty two, and it's just, and look at the abortion laws. I mean, I hate. Well, but I don't want to go that way. You can't get away from it. Sorry. All right, we're going. We're just getting way off topic. My only point was is personally, I would rather I would feel less comfortable with a daughter that slept around than with a son that slept around. And I'm wondering whether women that sleep around is whether that's more in, or le- indicative of mental issues than a man sleeping around. I don't know the answer to that question, but that is a a, a thought. Um, I think we should wrap this up. Um, thank you for coming, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, you, I don't know. You seem like you were about ready to say something. No, I just thought that was that was a closer. Well, yeah, I mean, we had <laughs> final some, thoughts. Well, we women have that to, sleep around well, because have we could go on. We, we could go on. I don't know if they have mental issues. I posed the question. <laughs> you know, I posed the question whether this is an unhealthy thing. I think a lot of women that sleep around do so to get attention because. You know, they know that if they if they if they sleep around, then guys will pay attention to them. Why can't they just like having sex the they same can. way guys do? They could, or but they could also be looking, searching for acceptance in a way that's not the best way to search for acceptance. Neither is comedy, huh? Neither is comedy. It's the same no, thing. You're getting on stage, demanding attention for acceptance. You're right. We're we're we're, we're mentally we're, ill. We're not. We yes yeah. yes, and <laughs> and, and the statistics bear that out very very nicely. In terms of comedians and their issues, but but we we could go for another hour talking about that. If we're going to have that discussion, we'd probably best have it with uh, somebody that's a professional in that field. I'm just posing some thoughts about it. But uh, a, a slut? <laughs> <laughs> it's comedy. We're oh a comedy God. club. Come on. Um, no, you mean a therapist or like like uh, a psych yeah. like psych a psych person? Yeah. Um, Ryan Reese's documentary. Before we get started. Before we get started, look for it. It should hopefully within uh, hopefully uh, twenty twenty two. Hopefully in twenty twenty two, and you can catch him here on a regular basis at the Comedy Cellar. We have comedy seven nights a week. We also have a location in Las Vegas, Nevada, Sin City. Also seven nights a week. Perry L. Ashenbrand, her books. My only, the only bush I trust is my own, and. On my, on my Knees are available on Amazon. My book, my novel, which delves into the world of stand-up and neuroses. And there's some sex scenes in that book as well. Iris Spiro Before COVID, also available on Amazon. And you can get a free sample on your Kindle. So uh, you see if you enjoy it. Ryan, did you buy a copy by chance? I thought you had said you had bought a copy. Of? Of my book. I bought You're two. Not, I bought two. Did you really? Yes. Why? <laughs> I'm supporting you. But don't buy two. What'd you buy two for? I'm going to give, well, it's a gift for someone. Okay, okay. I don't want to do it on there. I'll tell you later. Okay, all right. Well, thank you for your support, but I don't, it is not a GoFundMe, you know? I mean, every time. He interrogates people who buy his book. Are you, did you read it? Why are you buying my book? It's insane. 
What do you give I, a shit? It's a thank you. That's it. Done. It doesn't matter. Because every time I, I somebody buys a book, it's one less legitimate sale. And it why up, is it not legitimate? It's not legitimate. Why not? Because that's that's charity. That's a GoFundMe. I could put up a GoFundMe. Take Dan Natterman's he needs money. Pe- pe- give him money. Nobody's giving you charity. Of course they give me charity. Nobody wants to read that stupid book. God. Good night. It's not a stupid book. I I think it's pretty good. Anyway, um, thank you, and we will see you next time at Live from the Table. Bye-bye. Good night.